Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another NBA heist edition of the Rambling Viking podcast featuring um, Connor, who is the mastermind behind this idea. And today we are going to be covering our six seeds. Um, we're in the top eight now, so we're going to be looking at the Philadelphia 76ers and the Houston Rockets. And we're going to start with the 76ers. Before we get into that, though, just a quick you know, minute or two on this, uh, Connor. Wanted to uh, scrimmages as of recording. Scrimmages have officially started, and we had our first ones. Um, and I thought it was pretty interesting to see. Uh, for me, the highlight was the Denver Nuggets starting five forwards. And oh yeah, it, yeah, for sure. That's the highlight. I mean, that's just hilarious. With Nikola Jokic at the one. Joker playing the one. I saw I saw Mason Plumley bring bring the ball up the court like twice. It was incredible. So well, good. I mean, why not at that point, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. So I think uh, it's exciting to have basketball back. It's definitely an interesting setup, and but I still noticed like they still they done a good job at like they still pump in the the team's prompts and they have the announcer. Um, so I thought that was pretty cool. But uh, yeah. what are your initial thoughts on? at least scrimmages starting what you've seen. Well, it was just good to have basketball back. One. I mean, I didn't listen with volume. Like I just Mm -hmm. watched it didn't have volume on. And uh, so whenever you do that, it felt really pretty normal. Not completely, but Mm -hmm. pretty close to normal. Because, you know, with the camera view, you really can't see the crowd anyway most of the time. And if you're not listening, then you don't hear the crowd, or in this case, the lack thereof. So it it almost felt back to normal. Like, not completely, but almost. And that was that was really nice. I know if, you know, once I actually watch one with the with the volume, it's going to hit me real of, all of a sudden that this is not normal. This is weird. This mm-hmm. might not even feel right. I don't know. But it, it was just nice, really. And getting to see uh, Bowl Bowl out of nowhere, I think he had 16 points, 10 rebounds, and something like six blocks. It was six. He, it was uh, it was kind of terrifying to watch what all he does. Because um, he ran the court really well. He was hitting threes. He was blocking shots and then waving off Joe Like, no, I'll bring the ball up the court. Trust me. Like, really? That is, <laughs> that is so bold, Bull Bull. But... I don't know. It, it was just fun. It was just fun to get back into it. Yeah, I 100% agree. And uh, we actually got to see um, one, two, three, four, five of the teams that we've already covered with Heiss um, yeah. play. Now, I didn't, uh, I didn't watch them, but or the only ones that I saw was a brief glimpse of the wizards and then the Pelicans and nets, which the only, yeah. the only big notes I, I think I have from there is the fact that the nets only managed to score 68 and that they yeah. got in a real slump outside of that. It wasn't anything too special because it's the scrimmages. So yeah, it's tough to glean too, too much, but the nets seem like they're going to have some issues scoring the ball, which yeah. going into it, you had to have known that was going to be the case. And so that I think we've maybe seen some concerns or predictions proved right there, but I think that's, I think that's good for review. I'm excited for um, 
I think the today's scrimmage just started. Um, it's only, it, and then we're going to have um, the Pacers and Trailblazers today with Victor back, which will be, I believe, in our next episode. Yep. So uh, I won't get too much into that. But, anyways, let's start with the 76ers. They're an interesting squad overall. Just a quick preface on them. I mean, I know most people listening have probably paid attention, but we've all kind of seen how they how they struggled this year. They had a lot of hype coming in, and then they've kind of like just it's almost like they're V8 running on four cylinders at times. Like <laughs> it's just four half the cylinders shut down and they just can't figure it out. So uh, yeah. Connor, I'll let you take it away though. Let's start breaking down uh, their chances of the heist. Okay. Uh, we'll lead off like we typically do with the mastermind. That's Brett Brown, who um, I'm probably not the only one. Actually, I know I'm not the only one who's thinking maybe he shouldn't be a mastermind of people going to try and hit the big one. <laughs> maybe he's more of a mastermind for, you know, a team that is real young and up and coming and don't have all the expectations quite yet. That's where it feels for me. So I don't know if he's the right mastermind for this, uh, for this crew. Uh, what do you think? Man, I'm not. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm really kind of right there with you. It's, I want to I want to have confidence in him, but there's just more questions than answers at this point with Brett Brown. So yeah. he's one of those. He's been around a little bit, but the, there's just you don't have a clear look on him. Like it's just murky water. I'm just like I yeah. this this probably shouldn't drink this. It's like a, a puddle of murky water that it looks like it might have a little bit of flow, but it might be stagnant. You can't quite tell. And so you're probably better off just like, you know what? I'll just save my spit and I'm going to, I'm going to move on until I can find some water that's moving um, and not potentially stagnant. Cause it's like, okay, either this is going to be totally fine and very like good mineral water, or it's going to give me a parasite and possibly kill me. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, That's a good, good, solid, uh, good, solid, Mm -hmm. uh, thing to say there to line it up with Brett Brown. I think that's pretty good. Yeah. Let's so, uh I'm, Oh no. yeah, I was just, let's get on to the guy who has possibly my favorite name in the NBA right now and Shake Milton. Shake Milton, great great name. Um he's uh in my mind he's a safe cracker. Uh mm-hmm. he hadn't played a whole ton. He's this is only his second year. Um I mean, he plays less than 20 minutes a game, but he shoots a pretty decent percentage. I think it was up in the high 30s, um, 38, somewhere in there, if I remember right. I remember it surprised me because, like, just yeah. before I looked at any of his stats, I was like, all right, he's probably a hacker. And then I went and started looking at the stats, and I was like, what? Okay. <laughs> yeah, right. exactly. He doesn't shoot just a ton. He doesn't play a ton, so it's tough to shoot a ton mm-hmm. when you don't play a ton. But um, not a great defender. Low average, 111 defensive rating. And that's kind of surprising when you have a pretty solid defensive team. So that means that mm-hmm. you are a below average defender, more than likely. Um, but yeah, I'm going safe, Cracker. He shoots pretty well. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. So when I when I sorted the roster by three-point percentage, he's at the top. And I haven't figured out a good threshold. I'm thinking around three. It just depends on how the, how the other three-point shooters on the team, how many they pull. You know, if, it, yeah. if James Harden's on your team and he pulls 12 threes a game, it's like his 36 or 37% is a lot different than, that's um, true. you know, you're pulling three a game and shooting it 39%. It's like, I'm probably going to take Harden just out of volume at that point. But 3.3 uh, 
threes a game and he's shooting 45%. Okay, so, that's what it was. It was him. I yeah. got people mixed up a little bit. So he comes in, he doesn't play a ton, but he comes in and he'll he'll drain. He he makes one, he averages one and a half a game. So you're getting you're getting one to two solid threes a game, maybe some more. Um, he takes about three of them a game. So uh, on any given night, he could go two for three or two for four or whatever, and you know come in and shake things up. I think I think the only better position he could be in sports wise with his name is a running back. But uh, I I think for this team, he's their safe cracker. Yeah, I think you're probably right. Because um, his assists think, are it's two point two. It's not there. Yeah. No. Yeah, it's, he's not a he's not a hacker or anything mm-hmm. like that. Um, so I'm fine with that. I think I think that's probably the way to go. So let's move on to the two, Josh Richardson, and he is kind of an interesting case for me anyway. Because back in uh, back on the South Beach circuit. Could crack some safes. I don't know if the mm-hmm. safes were easy to crack in Southern Florida. Maybe that's the case. It feels kind of Florida-like, but either way you look at it, he is uh, he is pretty well proof that contrary to popular belief and a long-running TV show, it is not always sunny in Philadelphia because he cannot <laughs> crack a safe anymore. It has just oh. been terrible. So at this point. He has to be about a cash grabber. He plays solid defense. That's a 104 defensive rating. Pretty good. But um, without his shooting, he's a pretty low low level um, type of cash grabber. Maybe you could call him a really, really bare minimum smooth operator. But no. it, smooth operator feels you need to be better than this. So I'm going just a cash grabber with um, a safe cracking past. Really, yeah, he's, he's a safe cat, safe cracker, um, gone rogue. He's um, he had a mental break at some point with the move and hasn't been able to cope with it since. It's just it, you know they actually get snow in Philly. It gets yeah. cold. His his hands would lock up like he just couldn't he couldn't cut it. He needed that that always summer weather, uh, the yeah. hot and the muggy with the beach. And he's he's better. He can he can handle sweat. He can handle clammy hand oh, yeah. cold oh, yeah. hands he just couldn't he couldn't cold get hands. it out so yep. yeah Fingers i just aren't nimble enough we'll get to this but i actually i agree with he's just a, he's just a cash grabber um i actually because of how this lineup played out i actually made him the driver and mainly just because of who the sixth man was i don't know but we can yeah. you can make the case for that i'm fine right now we can make our final decisions once we work through everybody yeah he's definitely just like a hand he's just a hand <laughs> yeah 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 he's a guy that's about it mm-hmm. he's a guy so let's uh let's go ahead and move on um next up three we have tobias harris and i might not have seen uh, more clear-cut, smooth operator since we've been doing this. Like, he's good at everything, but he's not great at anything. I mean, he's one of those guys where if he walked in and said, all right, guys, I'm the lead man now, everyone would be like, shut up. No, you're not. It's Terry. <laughs> Terry's the lead man, not you, Tobias. Get out of here. Just keep doing your thing. You're doing great. We're glad you're here, but you're not. we're not listening to you. You're not the. You're not the guy. I mean, that's just what it is. I don't yeah. know. What do you think? I agree. I I had him as a cat burglar, but you you you're uh, 
you you bring more insight to the defensive side of things, and I just couldn't. Um, I was looking up a lot of stuff today, and so I had to. I, I, I kind of was like, well, I know he's kind of an all-around offensive game, so but I'll I'll yeah. I'll, 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 I'll trust your judgment on this because it was really like I was cat burglar, but I was like, I don't know, he's cat burglar, smooth operator. I think I think he's good enough to be the smooth operator for sure. Like, yeah, he, he plays pretty much league average defense, maybe a little above average. Yeah, one hundred six point seven. The okay. average is around 106, 108, somewhere in there. It's kind of tough to tell. but Quick, quick um, thing we haven't touched on. Just uh, give a basic for – just in case someone's listening and they don't understand the number associated with that metric, break down what the defensive rating is. Okay. Um, well, the defensive rating in a lot of – and I might ha- need to look it up again real quick just to, so I get the exact wordage. Mm-hmm. Uh all correct on this but really it's kind of when you are on the court how many points is the team giving up in a game per 100 so, is it is it per 100 possessions let's see i want to say it's per 100 possessions I yeah it is up. per 100 yeah. possessions and so that's where, that's where we get into the triple digits is like if basically yeah. you're you're a net zero if you only give up a hundred but you said league average is around what 107 108 107 yeah that's somewhere in there it's around 107 okay right and so he's a little little plays a little above average defense because the lower the number the better gotcha for defensive rating yeah Um, and and you really don't find many people who are well you probably find a few but yeah, I think you know league average is a little bit po- on the positive side, meaning that you always give up a few points, and I think yeah, that's and, fair. Yeah, and I mean the thing is on defensive rating, you also have to take it with a little grain of salt because part of it has to do with how the team as a whole plays a little bit, and then you also have to think about um, there are some guys that are in like the nineties, mm. so you think they're really good, but they've only been on the court, you know. 25 minutes all season. So oh, yeah. I had 25 minutes. It was great, but you know, it's not near enough sample size to actually get a clear picture. It's but like with those- these starters, you can pretty well tell for the mm-hmm. most part. Um, Shake Milton, his might be a little, little unproven. Same thing with just all of his games, seeing as he's only played 52 total games in his career. So, you know, it's a little tough to tell, but mm-hmm. that's just a general baseline for, um, defense that I want to use here. It's pretty easy and might not tell you the whole picture, but it'll at least get you close. Yeah. Cool. Well, I just wanted to, I real. I've just realized I was like, we haven't, we haven't brought up, like we haven't ex- just done a quick explanation just in case someone comes on. And they're like, what does one Oh six mean? Or, you know, what does one eleven? Yeah. I don't get that. And yeah, that's a good point. So anyways, on to the uh, most interesting power forward that we've encountered yet, probably. I would agree. Yep, yep. Uh, they've listed him at the pow- at the four, Ben Simmons, mm. and this is this is interesting for a four because really he's a point guard. He's just a really big point guard. He's a hacker, but really he's a lead man. But he came from hacking. Um, he knows his life, knows his worth. I didn't even pretend to want to crack a safe. People want him to crack safes. Oh, they want him to crack safe so bad, but he refuses to attempt it because he knows that's not in his bag. And if you know you're not a safe cracker, just because everyone else wants you to be, doesn't mean you have to be. Live your life, Ben Simmons. And then, really, it gets we get 
questions from the uh, shady big bosses, you know, the the owners, the GMs, them types, yeah. the people that are above the masterminds themselves, as if he and uh, Joel Embiid, who we'll get to in a minute, can coexist on successful heists. There's a lot of people saying that Ben Simmons' type of style, being a lead man, and Joel's lead man style does not mesh. You can't have both of them because they both want to get really, really close to the money at the same time. Instead of spacing it out and controlling the whole bank, they're just both really close to the money, to the prize. That's where they both thrive and are admittedly great at it, but you know, you need a little more space in the bank. You need to be able to watch more than just one thing, kind of a thing. And I don't know. I don't know. What are your thoughts on though, Benny? Uh, I think that's pretty spot on. I, I think while he doesn't crack safes at all anywhere close, I do think he he has a pretty decent um, scoring ability. Where's he? At? Yeah. And so I I was like, he's almost a smooth operator, but I think hacker hacker to lead a lead man who's, who specializes in hacking is probably the best, just because he's. He um, in in team leaders he leads in rebounds, assists, and steals. So yeah. he leads in rebounds. I will say that again as a technical point guard. <laughs> and that's seven point eight. So I, yeah. I think I think I think you're spot on with that. I don't really have any disagreements there. The it is the interesting case of like you got two great, really kind of lead men in him and in Bead, but. Like you said, they they both they both kind of want to be at the cash to be to be at that yep. moment to to see it, you know, and and to get it, and they they kind of can't agree to be like, all right, we're gonna we need to kind of we need to divide and conquer, maybe spread out our talents here, yep. and it, it, it's caused some power struggle. That's really the biggest question mark on if this team can do something special or if there needs to be some changes made. So I absolutely agree with uh, hacking lead man. So. All right, then uh, we'll move on to the five who we just talked about, Joel Embiid. Mm-hmm. He's pretty much a lead man. I don't know if there's really anything he can't do other than sometimes stay healthy. Yeah, that's I why. Mean, I, yeah. <laughs> it's it's crazy because he blocks shots, he gets steals, he has a – I mean, he has a really good offensive game, whether it be three-point shooting, he shouldn't do as much as he does. Little Dial it back on the old safe cracking a little bit, just a few to keep people honest, but – Otherwise, he needs to be in there playing bully ball, brute ball, really getting up close to the money, shoving sh- everything that he can just at the at the vault, maybe throwing dynamite, maybe throwing all kinds of stuff just to blow it up and get in there and get that money. 100%. He's uh, I've got him as he's a brute smooth operator. And yeah. lead man, obviously, he's big enough deal. But that's like that is his classification because he's there's literally nothing he can't do. He's kind of him and him and the Joker are real similar, and they 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 kind of can do everything from from the block, from the center or power forward position. So it's re, it's really really impressive to see three point yeah. seven threes a game attempted though is a little bit much for shooting thirty four percent, especially if you got someone who can like Shake who can come in and he's gonna come in and boom crack safe and then he's He's out. You know, he's he's heading to the car. He's not even worried about trying to grab cash. He he literally comes in when it's time. They're like, hey, we got the safe. He's like, all right, cool, crack, and then he heads straight to the car and he doesn't ask any questions. He's like, all right, cool. Nope. That's all I'm here for. That's all I'm gonna do. Uh, but Joel yep. likes to. 
he when he's feeling froggy, you know, he might try and jump in on that. And there's like, man, just let Shake or Tobias in. Like literally, we got plenty of people here that have that enough of that skill set to get us by. Yeah, so. yeah. And in case anyone uh, mm-hmm. wanted to know, Joel's defensive rating is a one zero one point four. That's one hundred one point four, which is a really really good defensive rating. Mm-hmm. When he is on the court, people don't score near as much. I mean. He's nothing but a but a help whenever he's yeah. on the court. That's impressive. Yeah. So he's a, he's a solid anchor too. That's what makes him a good brute yeah. at that point. So exactly. now I think to move on to possibly one of the most interesting um, pieces here is the sixth man, and I. It looks like you also had had him as Al Horford, uh, pretty straightforward. So I'll yeah. let you uh, take away with your analysis on him. All right. Well, Al Horford. He's a really good, solid getaway driver. He can do pretty much whatever you need in a pinch, especially if like a heist member like Shake gets in there and gets clipped early. Like he didn't see the third security guard and he gets clipped. So they're like, yo, Al, we need you in here. And Mm -hmm. Al can come in. Maybe he won't do safe cracking and things like that or hacking, stuff like that as well as some of the other people, but he can do it all. You know, not at a high level, but he can at least do it all. He knows he knows the heist game. He knows what to do. And for that, he'd be a pretty good, solid getaway driver. Um, I know that you had talked about potentially having Josh Richardson instead as the driver since, well, since he can't really crack safes anymore and all of that. And if you want to do that, I'm okay with it. Um, Al would be kind of a – oh – Kind of a smooth operator, maybe, mm-hmm. is kind of where I would lean. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, obviously, he's not you know, the highest of high-level smooth operators, but I think he'd be good enough. You could call him that if we want to go that route. I'm fine with that, too. What do you think? Oh, I, I like the case you make, that his skill set, he can kind of do everything, and so that makes him a pretty good getaway driver. Um, in this position because he can come in and fill in wherever they need, you know, if they, Hey, we need you to, we, we need, we need to try and step up our defense a little bit, or, Hey, we're, we need, we're not scoring in the pain enough or, Hey, we need a little, yeah. we need to spread the floor a little bit more. He can do all that. And so I like the idea of he is the getaway driver. You convinced me, you made a good case and convinced me. Cause I really wasn't, I mean, I wasn't sold on that. I was like, this is just weird because Josh Richardson does nothing. And, uh, but you made a good case. Yeah. So I, I would see it as he's the driver. Josh is just the hand who's around. So Josh, wherever the need presents itself, say they need, they're like, hey, Al, we need you in here. He, he Josh goes and gets him and then stays with the car. And then Al could yeah. potentially drive when it's time. Uh, but he goes sure. in and just helps however needed. So I'm fine with that because I, I think it kind of fits the bill of, what we want the six man slash, you know, kind of driver role to be. So I, yeah. I like him. I like him as the, the, the getaway driver. And I think he's definitely a low key smooth operator who can just kind of dabble in everything, but this yeah. team is it, just a bunch of smooth operators or at least people who are, are like, if they're not a smooth operator, they're as close as you can get to being one without being yeah. one. So yeah, I'm fine with. They don't need him. Like they don't need him dedicated to always be coming inside. We can put a smooth operator in the car because that's going to be better than Josh Richardson trying to drive. This homie is just here as a pack mule, and to extra eyes, extra hands. We don't want to push yep. it. Pretty much. That's uh. That's about mm-hmm. how that goes. So, uh, real quick. 
recap and we'll talk about their chances of pulling off the heist. Brett Brown, who's basically a puddle water and you're not sure if there's actually good in and out flow or if it's stagnant and possibly could make you sick. So jury's totally out on him. Shake Milton is their safe cracker, albeit he's relatively new to the game, but he seems to have some prowess. Josh Richardson, he's just a cash grabber, look out, just a hand on deck, just a warm body. Tobias Harris is kind of a quintessential smooth operator, can do it all, yeah, but not a lead man and shouldn't be no. expected to fill in. Yep. Ben Simmons is a great hacker who's the lead man, um, but don't have him crack a safe. Don't yep. don't even think about asking him to do that. He won't even go in the same room as it. Like, yeah, he'll he's produce. Like, it. He's like, all right, this is the room. Y'all go in and do it. I'm going to do something else out here. Yeah. Uh, then Joel yeah, Embiid, kind of a co-lead man who there's been some tension or at least doubts from the big bosses who who uh, are you know fund this crew, and uh, but he's he's a brute smooth operator. He can do everything, and he's a lead man. Yep. He's he's the big big anchor down low. Uh, finally, then we cap it off with Al Horford, who is a low key smooth operator whose primary objective is the getaway driver because he can do a, do a little bit of everything. But if we need somebody else to come in and help out, need a certain skill set or somebody needs some help in some in some aspect inside, he can go in and assist with his services. Yeah. So um, correct me if I messed up on any of those, but I think I got them all. And let's go ahead so. and talk uh, overall chances to pull off the heist. Okay. Well, on this one, for me – I got to go between 35 and 40%. You can dial it down to what exactly what you're thinking, or you can tell me something different and we can talk it over. I'm all good. But to me, the mastermind being Brett Brown does not lend to success that well. And then you have the two lead men that don't work together that well. Um, those are major issues. I can't see it going much higher than 40%. Maybe up a little bit, but not a lot in my mind. And they're also just so bad on the road this year. I realized Orlando, the bubble is kind of not the road, but it kind of is. So I but don't it's really know. Not home. It's no, definitely it's certainly not home. Not home. So I, 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 that doesn't make me very positive that things are just going to go well. So what do you think? Yeah, I think coming into this season – People probably had him at a just above fifty percent um, yeah. at the least, and maybe you know a sixty to sixty-five at the most. But based on what we've seen, yeah, gosh, thirty. Yeah, I I think sub forty is totally accurate. I would almost drop it down to a thirty-three point three repeating. I'm fine with that. You know, just just 30. because we the road was their problem, and so whether it was. The opposing, you don't have the, the the fans behind you, and the prompts aren't in aren't for you. Albeit they do, they will try and mimic some kind of home court setup here in Orlando. I mean, this is kind of the context we're talking under, and yeah. I just don't. Like I said a minute ago, it's yeah, it's not the road, but even a bigger point than that is it's definitely not home. Like they may get, they may get the 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 synthetic crowd noise, but nobody really has pinpointed what their problem has been when they get outside 
of their normal heist, right? Like when yeah. they they have they have their their jobs that they do, that's their bread and butter. But then when they they get asked to do you know, a jewelry heist or something a little bit different that's kind of out yeah. of their wheel, it just falls apart every time. Falls apart and every time. I think given the uncomfortable nature of this whole situation and the oddity, and they could prove us all wrong. I think I, I don't see where it helps them at all. If you if you if it was one of those where they kind of were like 50 50 at home, but they just could kill it on the road, like because they were just yeah. a different ball game. But I'm, I'm yeah, 33.3 repeating just to be a little I'm bit of a math nerd here. And I'm all good with that. Yeah, literally an exactly one third chance that they can pull it off. And you know, they may surprise us, and this whole neutral site nonsense may 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 pay off in their favor because it's not a true home court advantage for anybody else. So yeah, true. maybe it just clicks for them, but it could be the exact opposite too, where they don't, they're not truly at home. And so it doesn't click for them at all. And yep. even when it, they are the home team. So I think that's their chances. Um, they could surprise us because this, this whole situation is totally weird, but I'm not super confident. Fair. I'm good with that. Yeah. Well, now on to maybe a more interesting team just because. What in the crap is their crew? Like the the Rockets. It's so yep. weird. So go ahead and let's let's kick off this this enigma. Okay. Um I always start off with the mastermind, uh Mr. D'Antoni himself. D'Antoni. Mm-hmm. Um it's, you know, he's a really a revolutionary type of uh uh mastermind. Whether he he hasn't necessarily hit a big one but he's created more than one style of heist that people hadn't thought of before started back in phoenix with the whole seven heist seven seconds for a heist or less which was just incredible how that worked out as successful as it did i mean it ran into you know the stalwarts down in san antonio but beside that it it was remarkably successful and now here we are out in houston if people now playing micro ball for a heist and I don't know, um, D'Antoni, I say good, solid, good, solid, uh, mastermind, very outside the box thinker. I don't know if he can hit the big one though. I don't know. What do you think? He, he's totally outside of the box. And if he can get the absolute right crew, he can make it happen. But man, it's it's he's one of those he's just quirky enough where you're like um oh, this guy is just a little bit wonky and it yeah. and, that, and that may ultimately be why he can't you know close get get and accomplish the big one but who I mean Maybe. all in all he's good he's real solid he'll get you yeah. he'll get you some high level jobs done but when it comes to the big one I just don't know man but it, it's 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 a, still a good possibility. I'll say that it's a good possibility yeah. with him, but it's just like, hmm. Everyone kind of raises an eyebrow, like I don't know about this guy. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. Okay, so then let's move on to the uh, point guard, uh, someone both you and I have watched plenty of, uh, and yeah. that is Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook. Um, just to go ahead and break him down, he is pretty clearly a lead man to me. Um, he is uh, one of those lead men that go so hard and are so in at all points in time. Like 
you could say that he he has you know the tendency to go a little overboard. He's going for all the money instead of you know just taking what the heist can get away with a little easier. But no, 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 not Russ. He wants all the money, all the time. No one goes harder. No one. And that alone, I know there are people who will follow him into battle, go into any heist with him, just because they know that our Lee man is going all the way in at all times. We're going to get as much money as possible. And if we fail, we're going to fail real big. So what do you think? Well said. Um, <laughs> I jokingly said brute, LOL, question mark, because... <laughs> He can do it all, which technically means he's a smooth operator, but that just doesn't quite capture the essence. So I'm going to coin and I'm going to, I'm going to suggest a amended term for that position. And I mean, he's technically a lead man, but if we're going to talk skill set here, I'm going to go with nuclear operator uh, because that's, (laughs) he's a nuclear Bob. And like you said, he's, He's got the loyalty and uh, of uh, of his crew, whatever crew he's on, they will follow him into the end. But man, yep. he cannot take anything less than everything. No. So. It is uh, it's almost shocking. And since they've since they've went microball, he has just been blowing up. Mm-hmm. I mean, Oliver White C four, whatever it takes. It, it's it's been incredible to see. And, and yeah, so that's where it's like they technically don't have a brute, and he doesn't necessarily fit the normal description. But like, he is brutal. Like, yeah. yeah. So I, I go, yeah, he's he's co lead man and, and a nuclear operator yeah. is what I'm going to call him because he's it's not. It's not of like you know can yeah the actual term smooth sure yeah he's and he's not rough. I mean, he is rough, but like when you think rough operator, we we, we already talked about that one. It was like, yeah, yeah it was like he's not quite there. Yeah, you know, is what he was. But I think nuclear is, yeah, it's just yeah, that's a fun up. one too. I he definitely always brings C four, even when it's not necessary. And All the time. Like, Whoa! But they know if they say something, he'll strap the C four to them and <laughs> use them to to blow to blow up the vault and just tape oh, them to sure. the vault. And so yeah. they no, nobody says anything. Like, whatever, man. Yeah, use that C4. <laughs> He's <laughs> pretty much hostages that get out of hand. He just put a little dab in their palm and blown off hands before. It's wicked, man. It is crazy stuff, really. So. Um, all right. I think let's move on to the other co-lead man, mm-hmm. James Hart. He is uh, really interesting because the amount of skill he has is probably maybe one of the top three, four in the league as far as being able to do different things and doing them in a way that you never really thought would work. So like one example is he now has been finding a way to go through um, the unreinforced wall, like in the back of the safe. Yeah. Like, you know, they reinforce it, you know, towards the vault door itself, the sides, but then there's that one back door or the back wall that's just not reinforced, and he found a way to go through there, therefore avoiding all guards and traps. That way he can just get free money, kind of like a charity stripe in the NBA. It's that kind of thing. He's found a way to get the plans to that every time, and Mm -hmm. people just continue to give him the plan and continue to tell him where the weak spot is so he can just go around and get money for free. 
Um, he also hacks at a pretty high clip. Um, don't ask him to, you know, play defense, but oh, no. otherwise he's still, he's still a clear lead man. The things he can do oh, offensively yeah. cat burglar style in a whole different way. I mean, it's, it's, it's incredible. Really? What do you think? Mm-hmm. Man, it's pretty spot on. He, he finds the, the weird loopholes that nobody knew were there. And yeah. he does stuff that you're like, oh, no, that's not going to work because it's going to trip this thing or that. But then it doesn't. And you're like, wait a minute, but that should have tripped that. But why doesn't it trip that? And he's like, well, I figured out if you do it exactly, if you time it just like this and, and you coordinate your movements and when you crack it, but when time it when you move, if you wait two and a half seconds, if you wait three seconds, it's too long. If you wait two seconds, too short, but two and a half seconds. And yeah. <laughs> you'll get you'll slip right through the security system. And so he's come up with moves that have been controversial, you know, and techniques that have been very controversial, kind of like his coach, where people are like, wait a minute, no, that's not that doesn't work. And he's like, Well, the way I figured it out works. It's the kind of a loophole with this. So he, he absolutely though is a, a cat burglar in terms of uh he don't he don't play defense. He don't do no. if stuff gets violent, so he does not mess with with the getaway driving, he does not mess with um, the, the any hostages or people who are were there. He just goes straight for the cash, and that's what he does. In and out. Yep, that's kind he of his move. And he and he's pretty good at supporting his teammates too to help him crack safes yeah. or whatever they need to do. So, oh yeah, yeah, Absolutely. I like I, I like him in that. It was a good description. So let's talk about um, the week. <laughs> yeah, I'm reading your comments. Let's talk about Eric Gordon. Who before I looked at any stats, I was like. Hey, he's got to be their safe cracker, but oh, you would think in your you words, he has been so bad this year at cracking safes. What was that like 31% or something? 31.9%. And he shoots uh, 8.53s a game, so he tries to crack a safe so so often, but does not do well at it. Like in his career, he can crack a safe, yeah, he's pretty solid at it, but this year. I, I don't know. I mean, he still might be their safe cracker just because he shoots eight and a half threes a game. But right now, he's just bad at it. In a funk, whatever you want to say. He's got a twisted ring finger on his left hand. Now he can't crack the safe well, just the way he normally does. I don't know what the issue is, but he can't this year. Weirdly, Well, weirdly enough, I'd almost, I almost feel like P.J. Tucker stepped in to like – Pick up the slack a little bit because he's over here. He's he's only shooting half as many, but he's shooting thirty seven percent. So it's like okay, but yeah, he's he's a he's he's a safe cracker who's hit a real slump. They they updated they a lot of safes have been updated this last year, and he he did not he was not prepared for it the first time he encountered one, and so he's had to try and really adapt to it, and he's had struggles. Like this new system just doesn't work with how he. And normally had, had cracked safes and it, it's made him had to totally adapt and change. And he hasn't been not been able to do it. So I'm Ew. with you where like, I had trouble. I had trouble classifying him because I, was, I can't really give him like, he's a, he's a safe cracker who's fallen off, I guess is what we'll leave it at because I, think, I awkwardly yeah. put cat burglar. Cause I was like, why? Well, I know he can still score. Yeah. He's still averaging. He still averages good yeah. points. Like he's still averaging, you know, 15 points a game, but like he doesn't really do anything else and he's struggling. So 
I'm it, cat burglars, maybe just a broken safe cracker. Yeah. He's really struggling. So he's had to almost, they're, they're trying to get him to step back and be like, Hey, look, man, we just need you to like, like take some time, go like learn up on the new safe, yeah, read the new models. Then, then get some, yeah. Get some reps in and then, and we'll get you back in this. But for now, like we're going to have like PJ or even shoot Robert Covington, like kind of step in yeah. and try and, and, and do that for you. So it's been it's been a weird it's been a weird year for him. It really has. On that note, let's talk about somebody probably the most unknown person on this squad for me was Robert Covington, and yeah. I I I put safe cracker question mark just because when I when I broke down the team stats, yeah, he's 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 at he's he's shooting he shoots. Uh, oh crud! I'm looking at the wrong thing. He thirty five point seven percent. Yeah, he's been he, since he's he, been he, with the he, Rockets. So I, I initially was like, oh, PJ Tucker. But then I looked at Covington, and he shoots three or he shoots eight a game. Yeah. And he's shooting 35.7. And it's like, well, Harden's the lead man, and he takes 12 a game, but she's shooting like 33%. And it's like, well, you know, we just kind of leave that be. Nobody, nobody talked to him. He's just getting the cash. It's fine. And and Eric Gordon was in years past their safe cracker, but so oh, yeah. pick up the slack and Robert's really tried to do that. I mean, he's at least made the attempt. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's kind of, it's kind of interesting because he's only played 14 games so far with the Rockets. He got mm-hmm. traded over from Minnesota right. where there he was shooting less threes a game. Uh, and he was also shooting a lower percentage over there. <laughs> he was shooting 34.6 on six and a half attempts a game. Now he's shooting in these last, since he's been with Houston, like we said, 35.7 on eight attempts a game. So I think we probably still have to go with save cracker. Yeah. You know, a I think lot else. Um, it's fine. It, I need PJ to be over five a game on this, with this crew in particular to really be the safe cracker because four at 37%, you got a guy drop, drop 1.3% and he's shooting twice as much. You know, he's, he's attempting twice yeah. as many safes and he's only cracked on average one less safe. So it's like, oh. well, I mean, the only thing about it is say we go with Robert Covington. We call him a yeah. safe cracker. He's solid. We move on to PJ Tucker. The thing about this whole thing is this crew. I think they are only going for heist where they can crack multiple safes at the same mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. So I kind of think PJ Tucker is a safe cracker, not the safe okay. cracker, but like the third hey. safe cracker on the team. Just because so, it this this is such a weird crew that I don't really know exactly what you do with all of these people who pretty much are just cracking safes right now since they got to Houston. That's all they've been asked to do. That's pretty much all they're doing. And they're shooting, in a lot of cases, decent percentage. BJ is obviously shot... 37%, like you said, and only four attempts a game, so less, but that's also most of his attempts. And he plays solid defense, not great. Not like he's a full-on bruiser because he only gets a few rebounds a game. Um, so I don't know exactly what we want to do here just because it's so interesting and so different. I mean, it's really like Dan Tony created a whole thing just to adjust a fairy tale. Kind of like uh, this is now called Snow White and the Seven Dwarves rob a bank because they're all so short and yet they're going for this heist anyway. And D'Antoni mm-hmm. somehow Snow White that turned out weird. Um, so I don't know what do, what do you think about all this? I'm at a loss. 
I, man, you just make a good case there. I think that spot sees that that's a good way to kind of rationalize D'Antoni's weird approach is that it's, it's, this one's not about trying to have their like, like Robert maybe goes for the main safe, but then there's always a secondary that PJ is going for. And then James is just doing James's thing. And Eric's Eric, they give him a safe, but right now it's, he's less than likely to actually crack it. And then Russ gets pissed at him. So Russ goes with Eric and he, he brings his C4 along to blow it up when Eric can't quite cut it. And yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. They go for jobs that require multiple safe crackers. And, uh, because the, yeah, I mean, this squad is just so weird. Because when you think about it, there are some banks that have you know the main mm-hmm. vault for main cash vault. Then some of them also have like a teller vault, where right. behind the teller station, there's a small vault that has a decent amount of cash in it. Just so that way, the tellers don't have to go all the way back to the main vault every single time someone wants a lot of cash. Then they got another section where it's just safe deposit boxes. So yep. in a lot of ways, I'm thinking they're right now sending Eric probably just behind the teller line to get that smaller amount of cash, and Russ gets upset at him there. They're sending Robert into the main cash vault. They're sending PJ over into the cash deposit – or I'm sorry, not the cash deposit, safe deposit vault to where those are smaller. There's – you know, a lot of times it's a lot easier. You can get one – once you got it figured out on one deal, you can just get all of them kind of a thing so he doesn't have to figure as much out. So he's taking less reps. Uh, it's it's kind of an odd thing, but that's just my best approximation for what might be happening. Yeah, I think that's what it is. And maybe shoot, maybe sometime D'Antoni's like, "Hey, this isn't even a this isn't even a bank. This is like because I think about maybe maybe there's certain you know there's certain jewelry spots or museum spots where it's like they have a couple different safes for to lock away things. So because they think that normal crews are only going to go for one safe. And so maybe if they diversify kind of like, you know, what they tell you in investing, diversify your portfolio. So if one thing tanks, so basically that's kind of what I think. Cause the Antonio, like we talked about has a, has an unorthodox approach. So he, yeah, I think when they hit banks, that's exactly what they do. But I think sometimes shoot, they even hit these random places where it's like they the guys are paranoid and about these. And so they have, four different safes but then turns out this crew is perfect for that because guess what they're awkwardly can all kind of crack some safes at different levels so i don't i feel you know because d'antoni's system that we're seeing is he's, he's unorthodox and it's different and like you said he's awkwardly snow white and everyone else is just so short and so the crew doesn't make sense to the other crews um across the nation and they're all like what are these guys doing but then they pull off these weird heists with multiple safes and they're like well it worked so this is what we're gonna do pretty pretty much yeah Um, so let's uh let's get into so well i guess yeah pj tucker is just he's a safe cracker he's Um, just another safe cracker let's talk six man then it's kind of funny because you and i have two different six man listed Mm -hmm. they uh, Austin Rivers has. I went with him because he averages twenty three minutes a game. Jeff Green, I think, does twenty one. So uh, I'm not upset okay. either way. Um, and, but I do enjoy the fact that I said Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, and then we brought up seven different people. So that seems like a win. <laughs> um, yeah. But 
I'll just talk about mine. Uh, if you want to talk about Jeff Green, maybe we can uh, discuss who is actually the driver. I'm fine with it either way. But um, as far as Austin Rivers, um, he's kind of one of those weird wild card getaway drivers, but he doesn't like wild card that that much. Like, you know, mostly what you're getting. He just will make kind of an odd decision here and there. And you're like, well, that was weird. Like, in this context, he got a diesel engine vehicle instead of a gas. Like, is it a major right. major shakeup? Not really. Is it going to cause a lot of problems? Probably not. Just kind of a weird move. Like, why? Why? Why would you do that? Who does that even help? Do you like diesel? What? Why? And so it's fine, but just weird, I guess. Um, I don't know. See, with the breakdown of Austin Rivers, I kind of, I kind of like him a little bit more just because that wild card factor, and yeah. that like he does that quirky stuff, and I think that just fits fits the bill for what Houston is. Because Jeff Green, I mean Jeff Green's pretty straightforward. Like, yeah, it's it's not anything too crazy. He's he, sh- he actually shoots really well. He actually can safe crack like pretty yeah. well this season at least. But he's not. He 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 pit, he takes and picks his. Um, he picks and chooses when he, you know, the safes, he knows what safes he can crack and he sticks to those. And so with, with how heavy they are on that, he feels a little awkward being put in the getaway driver, but he's pretty, uh, no nonsense playing Jane straightforward. So I think, I think what happens a lot of times with this crew is while a lot of times they may want Jeff D'Antoni in his quirky self is like Austin. You're yeah. driving on this heist, and everyone kind of is like, oh, no. Like, what's he going to do <laughs> yeah. this time? He's going to show yeah. up in, like, a hostess truck that he boosted, and it's like, bro. Well, I guess that works. We can fit all the money in that way, yeah. and no one's going to think a hostess truck is getting away with a heist, but yeah, why? And then, you know, he, of course, knows some random off-the-wall facts about this kind of diesel engine versus that kind of <laughs> diesel engine. And he talks about when his dad was truck driving back in the day and he would go along back with them and the they day. would talk about it. And uh, and then he yep. just gets on these tangents and they're like, dude, come, just go. And he always, he always, he won't take off unless he has the right song playing through the ox. And they're like, man, this should be the least of our worries. First of all, we need to focus. So you shouldn't have the music blaring, but maybe a hostess truck with, with little Uzi vert blaring and windows down is inconspicuous for a hostess driver. I don't know. I don't know what they do. So yeah, I, I think he's a off the wall um, but sometimes he makes some great decisions, and it's like, well, oh, yeah. right. sometimes he makes, and that's why Dan Tony sticks with him. He likes that about him. He's yep. a little unpredictable because that's what Dan Tony is in his masterminding. So they're everyone thinks they're going to go for this bank that's obvious in this town, and they go all they go on in for this weird boutique that turns out has some awesome antiques that are worth a lot of money <laughs> that nobody else knew about, but Dan Tony did because he doesn't care. He doesn't believe in banks. He stuffs his cash under his mattress. Like, yep. And he know. just happens to shop at that boutique. Right. Random. Right. Because his wife likes that stuff. And she told him about it because they she watches nothing but antique roadshow. And so we're like, all right, cool, whatever, man. And the crew just goes with it because he's been successful enough 
yep. that they trust him. But okay, I think I think that's good. A quick recap: Harden and Russ are your co-lead men. Russ is all gas all the time. He's a nuclear lead man, and he loves a C four. Harden breaks the system and the norm, just like D'Antoni does the mastermind. Eric Gordon was cracking some safes in his career, but this year has been a down year since they updated a lot of the safe. The safe companies may, came out with these new models where they changed some fundamental things, and it's really screwed with them. So Robert Covington and P.J. Tucker also crack their safes, and so they, they pick places that have multiple, um, maybe not traditional safes, but areas that need to be cracked, and whether it's locks or safes, and they'll do that accordingly. And then Austin Rivers is a wild card getaway driver. So um, on that note, what are their chances? Uh, I don't know. I have in the notes that you can see between 25 and 45% chance. I have no clue. No one's ever seen a crew like this. No one ever knows. No one's going to know if it can be successful until it happens. I, I have no idea. You could tell me any number right here as a percentage, and I'd be like, "Yeah, it makes sense." Oh gosh! So i i can't I can't commit to a I can't commit to a percentage, a specific one. You're absolutely right. You're especially with now with how this Orlando bubble situation has played out, especially yep. with how this this heist years played out they're just and they're gonna finish off this season it's like man they could they could blow up and it's not like sixers where they're like okay they're gonna continue to be underwhelming this is like they're either gonna totally implode or this is just gonna work so i i think we have to leave it at a toss-up like we we have i i don't think we can be married to a number we gotta leave it at a range and I'm comfortable with 25 to 45% I'm good chance with that too. because from what we've seen, at least this season, maybe in future years, they can get it together a little bit more. Oh, by future I years, think, we'll have more data to at least have an idea yeah. with right now. I don't, no one knows. This is all new. Nope. Well, really what I was going to say is I don't think we can go over. We can't, we can't eclipse 50% no. because it did. There's just too much unknown, but 25 to 45. And then of course, if things go right, it, that could jump to a 60% chance, but that's only in the moment. Yeah. That's like, they, they, they started the heist and we're like, Oh crap. And then it goes swimmingly well. And it's like, well, you know, it's like those, when, when they have the live update of the chances of like winning, yeah. like throughout yeah. the game, it's like, Oh, and they're down by 17. So their chances of winning have plummeted to 8%, you know? Yeah. I, I think we leave it at it's a 25 to 45% chance because now if we were asking Russ, he would say it's either a zero or a hundred percent chance, which would leave us at square one because yes. we're at least, we're at least going to square two and, but that's just how he operates. He's that is we how were going to do it or not. And it's like, if you ain't first, you're last. It's like, all right, Ricky, Bobby, thanks. Yep. A lot of ways. Great analysis and insight, but I think that I think that perfectly uh, uh, sums that up. Twenty-five to forty-five percent chance, and I feel like that's in D'Antoni's pitch meeting when he goes to the big bosses to try and become a new to try and be a mastermind for him. He's like, "Look, got about a thirty to seventy percent chance of this working, all right? But I'm going to need the right pieces." And but he's so confident in it that they don't even 
normally if it was any other candidate where they're like, well, it might be like 30 as low as 30, but as high as 70%. They'd be like as low as 30, but the way D'Antoni just presents it, it's like, oh, well, you can't argue with these numbers. And he's just a Could great be as high as 70, all right. Yeah. He really focuses on the positive side. And he's like, even, you know, even a 30% chance, that just means we're a dark horse. We're a silent killer. We're nobody's gonna anticipate. And we're just like, what the and he makes a case for it. So I'm fine with 25, 45% chance. Because <laughs> that's that's just insane. So we gotta wrap this, we'll wrap this episode up. Um, I don't know if you have any closing thoughts. Um, somehow this was the weirdest episode so far. I thought the Wizards and the Nets kind of stuff would be weird. This was the weirdest episode. And it might get weirder. Who knows? I think these two teams, though, might be like when you look at, you know, we're, we're doing the six seeds and the five seeds and four. I think the, the six seed with these two teams, each being the sixth seed in their respective conference currently, they have combined to be two, probably the two weirdest teams in the top eight in either yeah. conference. And so they oh, are yeah. both the sixth seed. Which just made this the weirdest. Yeah. The weirdest. No, they are pinnacle weird. So on that weird note, if you would like to add your weird input to this and chime in, let us know what you think of our picks. What are your picks? Or um, just uh, how funny you thought our jokes were on a scale of 1 to 110,000. Uh, just hit me up at the Ram- it's the rambling viking at gmail.com that's the rambling viking at gmail.com and of course if you like this share this with your friends would like to get a a nice solid base for this at least the nba heist and because uh, more more voices make the conversation more interesting we can have more perspective so thanks everyone for listening um this was nba heist the six seeds with the philadelphia 76ers and the houston rockets And we'll see you here next time with the Indiana Pacers and the Oklahoma City Thunder. Thanks so much for listening. Peace.